There are few moments in life that you look back on and you remember where you were. It's a game that people play, a party game. Where were you when, blank? Maybe two or three through your life when you saw what was happening with COVID, that sports were shutting down. People were alive when John Kennedy was shot or when the space shuttle Challenger exploded. The biggest one of my life is certainly 9-11. It's hard to imagine it's 22 years ago today, 9-11-01. And I was talking to Coca before the show about whether or not my son, who was born in 03, looks at 9-11 the way I looked at Pearl Harbor. And the realization that there's a whole generation of people that 9-11 happened before they were born, not understanding the absolute terror, not knowing what that day or the next day would bring, I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My family lived in New York. I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for an owner's meeting on 9-11. And I don't golf, but I was with my brother-in-law golfing, which was strange for me to be doing that when the first plane hit the tower somewhere around 8 o'clock in the morning, quarter to 8 in the morning, central time. And what proceeded over the next days, weeks, months, years, and now decades is a constant thought in my head that never goes away, the feeling of that day. And then it came back to me a little bit during COVID when I saw that something could happen that could just change the world in an instant. Tom Hanks gets COVID and all of a sudden it's shutdown time. And it just gets you thinking. So I was thinking about the show and understanding that it is 22 years since 9-11. And I wanted to lead off today talking about some of the great things that are going on. Because this weekend should have been a weekend of positive stories. Jokovic winning his 24th Grand Slam. That's That's a lead. That's, you're witnessing the greatest, potentially the greatest individual athlete. I I throw it up for debate with you, but any top five list of the greatest individual athletes of all time, not team athletes, individual athletes, you have to have the Djokovic on it. Won his 24th US uh, Grand Slam yesterday. That'd be a great lead. It's NFL's opening weekend. So many interesting things happened. Joe Burrow got $275 million on Saturday and on Sunday, he threw for 82 yards and the Deshaun Watson Browns, who I was hoping would go 0 for 17. Sorry, Cleveland fans. The Bengals just looked terrible. And Burrow, I don't think has ever won in Cleveland. That would have been something that I would have enjoyed speaking about. Even though I lost the pick of the day with Deion Sanders, what a story of what he did and what Colorado did to Nebraska and to Matt Rule, destroyed them. That's an interesting, positive story. Texas went into Alabama and beat Alabama, and that makes everybody but those from Alabama happy. That could have been interesting. Steven Strasburg 
retired, not retired, statements left and right. That's an interesting story. A Seattle Mariners pitcher who didn't want to be pitching when he gave up a home run, a game losing home run. That would have been an interesting place to start. But instead, on 9-11, no less, where there's so many things that are not in our control, so many, every day we take our lives into our own hands, crossing the street, driving on the highway, anything that we do, it's a risk calculation. That's, that's really what your everyday life is. You decide whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze for a particular action. And on the show, we've talked a lot about self-inflicted problems that teams have and individuals have, and you really want to avoid it because so many things can happen that you don't control that you cannot plan for. But self-inflicted, you can plan for and you can avoid. And especially today, it annoys me that I have to start the show with what's going on in Michigan State. And of course, it is our own show. Coke and I could have started it somewhere else. But it is the most important story of the weekend. Not only because of what took place with Larry Nasser at Michigan State, but also because every day we get more sexual assault allegations that are investigated, proven to be true. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why, why men are doing this. We've all gotten rejected. We all like to think people like us or the or who we want to like us likes us or who we want to love us loves us. I'm speaking about Mel Tucker. And if you were sleeping all weekend or you were doing what I did yesterday, I just finished a couple hours ago, 24 hours of training for this challenge I'm doing in under two weeks, running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I'm coming to you on zero sleep. I went right into the sixth four mile run and went right into doing laundry, showering, and then doing the pre-show with Coca. So in case I lose my train of thought and make more mistakes than usual, that is my fault. That is a self-inflicted issue that I'm facing here today. But in case you were gone all weekend, kept the thread, amazing. Mel Tucker is the football coach of Michigan State. Mel Tucker was signed to a 10-year, $95 million contract. Mel Tucker earns more money than about anybody else in any public university. The darling in his fourth year under this contract. And he is now suspended without pay because he committed, allegedly, sexual assault against a woman who was on campus to talk about sexual assault. You heard me right. Brenda Tracy got raped in Oregon and has devoted her life to educating students, men, about what no means, 
about boundaries, about the law. She's hired by universities and others to raise awareness about sexual assault. She's meeting and had met with Baylor after all of Baylor's issues. More on that. That also happened this weekend. Art Bryles, yeah, that happened this weekend. The head coach, Mel Tucker, apparently had the feeling that Brenda was into him. So let me give you the backstory and then tell you what happened. In this day and age of Twitter, everyone's getting ahead of themselves. Everyone wants the story first. You don't have to be right. Just be first, get the clicks. Push alerts, breaking news, Mel Tucker fired. Three hours later, no, no, Mel Tucker suspended. There's an interim president of Michigan State named Teresa Woodruff. There's an athletic director named Alan Heller. Approximately, call it a year ago, eight months ago, nine months ago, Brenda Tracy filed a complaint that she had been sexually assaulted by Coach Mel Tucker. Michigan State had a plan. The plan was that they were going to open an investigation, hiring an independent firm, Samson and Coca. What are we, Samson and Coca Law? Is that our new thing, Coca? Not independent. During the course of the investigation, Michigan State knew that there had been a complaint against Mel Tucker. That's why they opened the investigation. They put measures in place during the investigation to make sure that there would not be further issues in theory. So these interim measures that Michigan State did, including Mel Tucker couldn't contact Brenda Tracy. There was increased oversight of the football program. And you know, and I know that doesn't mean squat. There was no increased oversight. It's all bogus. ESPN and USA Today this weekend released what Michigan State had been hoping would stay quiet. And what they released was the circumstances surrounding the sexual assault that was alleged. And the rule at Michigan State is an interesting rule that does not protect victims. It protects, it protects assailants. But the rule is that when there is a report filed, the people, an investigation takes place, the people in charge the board of directors, the president, the AD, they get no access to any of the facts of the case. So the independent investigator interviews Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker acknowledges that he pleasured himself on the phone, that he definitely had contact with her, but the usual excuse, which is the number one excuse ever given, hey, it was consensual. It's like, my back hurts. I can't prove that it doesn't hurt. 
My word against hers, and I'm power. But the people in charge at MSU don't get that information. They don't know exactly what Mel Tucker did. They only know a complaint was filed, and that's it. Then what was contained in the complaint and what the investigation found, keep in mind, at the end of the investigation, the investigators said, we believe the best thing to do is to have a hearing. That's what they decided. And the fastest they could schedule it was the bye week for Michigan State sometime in October. That's all the investigation was going to release until everything got leaked. So the people in charge, the athletic director and the interim president, had no choice but to deal with Mel Tucker now. They wanted to wait for the end of the hearing so Mel Tucker had a chance to say what happened and why it happened. There'd be testimony and then there would be some sort of punishment. But you and I both know that Michigan State never would have suspended Mel Tucker. You and I both know that what causes action is PR. And you wonder why there are investigative reporters. You wonder why it is so important to have a branch that is journalism. You wonder why, forget whether or not you think it's conservative or liberal, or if you only read one paper or watch one channel, but the concept of holding people responsible. You wonder why it's so important. Because how often do you see on this show that the impetus for action only comes under the veil of embarrassment. The impetus for action comes only under the veil of, oh God, everybody now knows what we were trying to cover up. That is why it's so clumsy. Because what these people think when they run a team or an organization or a university, It'll stay quiet. Let's tighten the circle. Let's make sure we're not a distraction. Does this sound familiar to you? It should if you paid attention to the Northwestern situation. Very, very quiet until the newspaper in Northwestern made it less quiet. Then it was suspended for a week, then two weeks, then five weeks, then fired. There are due process issues that happen where people, it's sort of cancel culture, where people end up getting canceled. And sometimes, but not often, they didn't do it. There's no court of law. It's the court of public opinion. We use the word court incorrectly. The court of law has rules. It has rules that have been developed over hundreds of years in order to promote fairness, in order to promote information. It's not infallible. It doesn't work 100% of the time. That said, 
The court of public opinion is like an avalanche. And when things start, the pebble becomes a stone, becomes a boulder, which then forces lots of rocks to become loose and you've got yourself an avalanche, which causes people in charge to be reactive, not proactive, because they know the only way to stop it is you can either cut it off at the knees, it's what we've called in this show, tourniqueting an issue, go silent, or go all the way. What they did in Michigan State is they didn't fire Mel, they said, now nah, we're just gonna spend him without pay. But you and I both know how it ends. Of course, Mel Tucker will never coach another game for Michigan State, not one. All they're doing now is negotiating his termination. They would like to pay him as little as possible of the money he's owed. He'd like to get as much as possible of the money he's owed, but under no scenario will he coach again. Sometimes the fight continues. John Gruden's still fighting. Sometimes the fight continues. Oliver Luck is still fighting with the XFL. Sometimes the fight ends, there's a settlement, a payment, and everyone goes on their merry way. But even when you go on your way, after a settlement or after litigation, you carry with you who you are, what you did, and it's the public that will decide when and if you will ever be forgiven. And if you are involved in sexual assault or covering up sexual assault, our society now views that as unforgivable. And I'm here for it because maybe that's the only way to stop it. Because for whatever reason, men don't realize that this could cost them. Ask Art Bryles. You may not remember that name, head coach at Baylor, fired with all of the horrific acts. There are people in prison over what went on at Baylor. This weekend, Art Bryles tried to go on the field and was on the field in Oklahoma where his son-in-law is the offensive coordinator and it became a thing. Art Bryles is not allowed on the field. Art Bryles can't be anywhere near because of what he did at Baylor. And it caused the athletic director at Oklahoma to actually do a statement saying, we didn't know. I was just as disappointment, the Oklahoma athletic director said, I was just as disappointment as many of our fans when I learned of the post-game situation tonight. It shouldn't have happened based on boundaries we previously set. That means that when they hired our Bryles son-in-law, his name is Jeff Levy, they clearly said to him, just so you know, our Bryles is a persona non grata. He's not allowed to be anywhere near here. Jeff Levy said, hey, he's my father-in-law, the grandfather of my kids. Of course he's down on the field celebrating. The Sooners won, they beat SMU 28-11. Art Bryles is on the field. And what happened? Social media got a hold of it. Short of social media, no one would have known the difference. All of the actions that we take leading companies, leading individuals, leaders have to be different now. We have to plan for the reality that there are no more secrets, Mahdi that anything that happens, there's cameras, they're recording and they're looking for things. They're looking. It's like searching for clicks and viral moments. 
self-inflicted. That's what Art Bryles did to himself. That's what Luis Rubalias did to himself, president of the Spanish Soccer Federation. Remember that story? Remember on August 28th when I did a wait to see telling you that he will never be president again, even though he tried to deny it. He had people speaking for him, writing letters, saying, hey, he kissed the girl. She's suing him now. There was no way out for Rubiales. And I told you that August 28th. And guess what? He announced his resignation this weekend, saying I've handed in my resignation to the acting president. Guess what? Doesn't matter. It's too late, Carol King. It's too late. I wonder whether this weekend, with all of the things that took place, whether this will be the inflection moment. And I've thought this so many other times. And I've been wrong every single time. But maybe this is it. Maybe when this weekend we should have been talking about so many great things, and instead we're talking about Mel Tucker. We're talking about Art Bryles. We're talking about Luis Rubiales. Maybe this is it. Wait to see, Mel Tucker will not be suspended for long because he's gonna be fired. Now, they may couch his resignation, so my official wait to see is Mel Tucker will not coach another game for Michigan State, period. Wait to see. All right, we come back, I'm gonna review a two-season show that I watched at one of your suggestions called Somebody Somewhere. And then we're gonna talk about Steven Strasburg because I'm not letting the show end without mentioning what a cluster. Never say anything like it and never say never. I can't believe after 18 years, there's still things I've never seen. But what went on in Washington with Scott Boras and now the statement from Mark Lerner, the owner of the Nationals, you won't believe it. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball 
for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's a tired David Sampson on a Monday morning. 22 years since 9-11. To those of you who were in lost family members impacted by it, we are thinking about you every day, not just today. I'm not sure there's a day that goes by I don't think about 9-11. I still, whenever I see a plane in the sky, I think about 9-11. It triggers 9-11 thoughts. Every plane I see. Is that high enough? Is it going to happen again? I watched a series called, let me go back to promoting nothing personal. Sorry, I forgot to do that. I have to do that, if you don't mind. Hi, it's David Sampson and Matthew Coca from Nothing Personal. We're live every morning, 8 a.m. on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. It, it amazes me that there are people who listen to the show who miss this somehow. Maybe they fast forward too fast because I've gotten more than one and fewer than a thousand people saying, oh, you're on YouTube? Yes, we are a video show as well. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. Hope you're enjoying the quality horse hockey shirts. If you've started to get them delivered to you, so many people ordered them. We've got beanies. We've got hoodies. If it's getting cold, we have t-shirts. We've got all of the content we do, all run by Matthew Coca. Thank you for your movie suggestions. Even on a 24-hour training day, I still watch a movie. Every day. I watched two seasons of Somebody Somewhere with Bridget Everett and Jeff Hiller. If you haven't heard of it, it is the quirkiest, most fascinating show. And I'm gonna be shallow here. And I'm taking a risk. And I, it shouldn't be a risk. So, so many times when there's casting that goes on, it's based on looks, both male and female, not necessarily based on talent. It's what creative executives think that we want as an audience, that we need everyone to look unattainable. It's why there's filters on Instagram. Let's look the way we don't look. And then when we're seen in person, we can just say, oh, yeah, I got some blemishes. It's not really good for how we deal with ourselves and our foibles, our warts. Somebody Somewhere stars Bridget Everett and Jeff Hiller who are not your typical looking Hollywood celebrities. Here's what's also not typical about them, how talented they are and how good this show is. I don't wanna spoil any part of it because not enough people have watched it it's a binge that you can do if you're me in four days, if you're you eight days, and I only say that because I sleep half as much as you all, maybe less than half, but I promise you watching somebody somewhere, you will say to yourself, thank God there is still quality content and not the usual drivel. That's somebody somewhere. Drivel is something that we're used to especially now during the writer's strike, SAG-AFTRA. We're seeing a lot of new shows start. CBS is doing Yellowstone on CBS starting next Sunday. So if you haven't seen Yellowstone, guess what? Season one, episode one, next Sunday night. Hell yeah. That is straight eagles, baby. Desperado. 
Now, nothing against Kevin Costner or Taylor Sheridan. It's, I love Yellowstone. I've reviewed every, all five seasons, four and a half, five and a half, four and a half. Don't know. Why am I talking about Yellowstone? What was I, where did that coke? I totally lost my place. Here we go. 19 minutes. I almost made it. I was 19 minutes away. Oh, drivel. Thank you, Coca. Drivel comes in all shapes and sizes, not just content. Owners do it. All these statements, basically it's the fuel. It's the goo of nothing personal. I went through the Steven Strasberg situation last week explaining that what a cluster with his retirement, how he was gonna get paid, how he wasn't gonna get paid. Mark Lerner released a statement about Strasburg because what came out is there is a disagreement now and he's not actually retired and they canceled his retirement ceremony and we covered that, but then the court of public opinion was sullying the nationals. Shockingly, not Boris, the Nationals, the ownership of the Nationals. Boris should come to their defense, by the way, because he's bailed, the learners have bailed out Boris more than any other owner. He should be helping the learners with their PR, but he's been very, very quiet. And when he's quiet, it means he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He doth protest too much. Maybe it means he does have a leg to stand on. That's why he stays quiet. He always talks when he's wrong. No, he just talks all the time. So Mark Lerner released a statement trying to explain what's going on because we're left to surmise. And what we said is obviously there's some disagreement because I told you retirement is simple. He's not walking away from money. The union wouldn't let him. He's gonna get paid the rest of his 245 ridiculous million dollars that he got paid for his 31 innings and eight starts and absolutely zero production. Yes, he was the MVP, but whatever. He's not gonna walk away from that. And if they're putting him on the retirement list, they're retiring his number, they're doing a ceremony, all that meant is he's not gonna be on the injured list anymore. He'll be on a different list but there's no change. It's a way to drive attendance as you're trying to sell your team. Come to the retirement ceremony. Our team's terrible, but it'll be fun to celebrate. And it was supposed to be this weekend, actually. So Mark Lerner says, Steven Strasburg is and always will be an important part of the Washington Nationals, whatever. We support him in any decision he makes and will ensure that he receives what is due to him. What he's saying, Mark Lerner there is, hey, he approached us that he wanted to retire. We didn't approach him. And all the people in the media saying, oh, I bet the nationals are up to something because they're so penurious. I'm sure they approached Strasburg to try to further defer money or change payment terms or do something. But I already told you that's a bunch of horse hockey because no new owner is going to pay Steven Strasburg one penny. So there's no reason to do anything with it. Just pay the man his money. But what Mark Lerner wanted you to know is not that he did anything wrong or the Nationals did anything wrong. He's pissed off because, oh, you don't like what I said at Coca, 4869. He's upset because private discussions were made public. 
He said, it's regrettable that private discussions have been made public through anonymous sources attempting to negotiate through the media. Huh, who would be negotiating? Do you think it's the commissioner's office and the nationals? Nope. Do you think it's the nationals and Scott Boras? Hell yeah. You think that Scotty may have jumped the gun announcing the retirement ceremony before the nationals had agreed thinking that they'd have no choice but to do it now because everyone was all excited and buying tickets? Interesting. Mark Lerner said no event, retirement event, was ever confirmed by the team or promoted publicly. It's unfortunate that external leaks in the press have mischaracterized these events. And then he said, It is our hope that ongoing conversations remain private out of respect for the individuals involved. Until then, we look forward to seeing Steven when we report to spring training. <laughs> Can I tell you what that is? Your injured players actually have to come to spring training, even if Steven Strasburg can't pitch again. It's a worker, it's a workers comp issue, and it's just that's their job. If you're hurt, you're out for the year, you're still reporting. Even with Tommy John, when you're out for the year, you're still coming for spring training because you're doing rehab under the supervision of the training staff, of the doctors. You're getting your physical, all the things that happen in spring training. The only people who don't go to spring training is if you're waived, traded, released, not signed, or retired, meaning you're not on the roster. Young kids are dying for an invitation to spring training. Old players who are retiring, who are finished, they don't want to go to spring training. They want to stay with their families. So Mark Lerner says, we look forward to seeing him when we report to spring training. Hell yeah. Is that like a threat? I can picture Scott calling him and saying, is that a threat, Mark, or a promise? No, Scott, that's a promise. If he's not on the retired list, he's on the injured list. Welcome to spring training. Here's a little nugget for you. In baseball, the injured list is empty during the off season. So all the guys who are out for Tommy John the following year, you actually put them back on the list when the season starts. At the end of the season, everyone comes off the list and then get put back on. The off season is gonna come soon for the Texas Rangers. I thought Bruce Bochy would get us a win Friday. They had Jordan Montgomery going against the Oakland A's. Nothing personal pick of the day. We lost Friday. Bruce Bochy needed that. Did not get it. Texas is floundering. Saturday, we had Nebraska covering. Didn't happen. But yesterday, we had the Eagles over the Patriots, and they covered when they shouldn't have. So ridiculous. They looked like crap. But we went one and two. So we're back under 500. 124 and 125. Are you watching the Aaron Rodgers debut tonight? What a Monday night game. ESPN Monday night football, Bills at Jets. If you're a Spectrum customer, guess what? You're still not getting ESPN. In some places you may, in Buffalo you can, because the station is owned by a different company. They're simulcasting it on regular ABC, but ABC happens to be owned by Disney in New York which means New Yorkers who have Spectrum are not getting the Jet game. That's not good. Aaron Rodgers makes his long-awaited debut. A couple things. 
Russell Wilson made his debut with Sean Payton and was mediocre. A bunch of the rookies made their debuts and did fine. Tua was the quarterback of the week. Joe Burrow was terrible. Daniel Jones, Mr. Extension, terrible. Justin Herbert, good, but their team lost. Aaron Rodgers' debut, though, dwarfs them all. He is trying to take the Jets to the Super Bowl for the first time since Joe Namath, except Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near that kind of quarterback. Now, the Jets have pieces, don't get me wrong, but they're not even the best team in their own division. And they are facing the Bills, and they're getting points at home. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how we can check this, Matt, but I'll bet you a dollar that Aaron Rodgers was never a home underdog at Lambeau Field. I, I wonder actually, the only one I can think of would be if the Patriots ever went to Lambeau at the peak of Tom Brady. We're gonna check that for you if we can by tomorrow, because I don't think Coca can do it during the show. But that would be the only thing I can think of. Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. There, I said it. Josh Allen is better, period. Coke is whispering in my ear. Aaron Rodgers was an underdog at home seven times? Wow. Was it all against Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers is an underdog is six and one against the spread as a home underdog. I am shocked that he was an underdog seven times. The Packers have been good in my mind forever. They were even good with Jordan Love. Are you guys missing Aaron up in Green Bay? Nah, the king is dead, long live the king. We're taking the Bills. Bills minus two over Aaron Rodgers. In baseball, I'm watching the Mariners and Angels tonight because the Mariners and Angels are in my mind. They're in my mind for two reasons. The first reason is that over the weekend in news that got completely washed away, no one's talking about it, is that the Angels are willing to trade Mike Trout, caveat, if Mike Trout wants to be traded. You don't need the caveat because Mike Trout is a no trade clause. So I'm fascinated when a team says, listen, we've got a great player, but we're only gonna trade him if the guy, that's like the Marlins saying, we're only gonna trade Giancarlo if he allows it to happen. Of course he has to allow it to happen. He has to waive his no trade clause or else he won't be traded. So what helps is when the player, like what Giancarlo did to the Marlins after I left, saying, I don't want to be here. Trade me. I will waive my no trade clause, but not to St. Louis. Only to the Yankees or the Dodgers. Mike Hill, genius. The Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles are heading into this offseason trying to figure out what they're going to do what offer they're going to make to Otani, whether or not Otani will accept it. The media believes it's a fait accompli that he will not be an angel. I do not share that. I still believe the angels, if they offer the same amount of money as anybody else, will retain him. He can say he wants to win all he wants. The angels, they spend money for whatever reason. They have not been able to make the playoffs. They could use some pitching in addition to Otani. In addition, I'm not sure if teams are going to be willing to bet on Otani the way the Angels will, because with him heading to Tommy John, the Angels are going to make him an offer as though he's still pitching. 
and they'd be smart to do so as a way to keep him. Trading Otani doesn't make sense to me, except at the deadline when it did make sense. Letting him go, I should say. Trading Mike Trout. Here's the problem with trading Mike Trout. His contract is not marked to market. Sorry, Mike Trout is overpaid. Not because he's not one of the best players in baseball. No, it's because he hasn't been on the field. Are there teams who would be suckered into saying, oh, that was then, he's now gonna be healthy. We're gonna give a huge bounty of assets to get Mike Trout on the assumption he plays a buck 50 every year, even though he never does. Is it possible that teams are that seduced by putting Mike Trout in the lineup? Yes, because in the off season, you put your lineup on a board and you pencil in Otani or Trout or any of the free agents, not a great free agent class this year, you pencil in the Japanese no-hitter pitcher who everyone went to see. Brian Cashman's in Japan, they're signing the next Daisuke. There is no trade that will happen with Mike Trout. As a matter of fact, I'm so positive about this. I'm gonna do a double Coca, a double wait to see that Mike Trout will not be traded by the Angels. My baseball pick is the Mariners over the Angels. The Mariners have had a problem. They were so hot in August. They've cooled off. They're still in position to make the playoffs, but boy, do they need a win, and the Angels have packed it in, though there's rumors Otani could come back and hit for the love of God, why? Bills over Jets, Mariners over Angels. When you are pitching for a team, I want, as a player, as an executive, I want my players to want to play. I want them, I don't care if they like the game. I don't care if they view it as a business, which it is. I don't care if they view it as a job, which it is. I don't need them to be a fan of baseball. I don't need them to know any of the players. I don't even need them to study video. I really don't. I never cared that much. Prepare how you prepare. I'm a results guy. If you need video and you need a thousand swings in the batting cage, if you need bullpens every other day, that's great. If you don't, that's great. George Kirby's a pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, the aforementioned Seattle Mariners. And but for everything else this weekend, this could have been a lead story. He gave up a go-ahead home run in the seventh inning and interviewed post-game, he said, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest with you. I was at 90 pitches and I didn't think I needed to go anymore. And boy, did he get crushed. From old pitchers to current teammates, every front office in baseball looked at that and said, wow, there's a player who we are not gonna have on our team. We want players who you have to go to the mound and force the ball out of their hand. We want players lying to us. We publicly will say that we value players who are honest. Mound meetings are often the manager going to the mound and saying, hey, how do you feel? You got one more on you? We never had our pitching coaches do that or our managers because the players lie. 
Yeah, no problem. I'm good. I got this guy. Players often see the pitching coach coming to the mound or the manager coming to the mound and they wave him off. Get out of here. I'm staying in the game. I made the mess. I want to clean up the mess. Forgetting the fact that our bullpen stinks, I want to clean up the mess. George Kirby went the exact other way as though he didn't want to be out there for some reason thinking that 90 pitches is enough. It's outright embarrassing. So embarrassing that he got such crap for it that he had to walk back his comments the next day and he owned it. He actually got advice and followed the advice from his agent and said, obviously I screwed up. That's not me. Skip always has got to pry that ball out of my hands. I love competing. Like I said, I just screwed up. The problem is his screw up was a moment of honesty. The apology and the explanation was a moment of spin. And front offices know it. Your teammates know it. Managers know it. It's easy to see. Often the spin doesn't work. Often the avalanche has started. Often the statements made are incorrect. Often the apologies are not sincere or they're hollow. And this is a prime example. There was no emotion. Yeah, you gave up the game-winning home run. Here's what you say. You think it's the first time he's given up a game-winning home run or a go-ahead home run in his career? You say, wow, he got me. That's baseball. That's sports. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Baseball is a game of losing. It's a game of failure. George Kirby has to know that. He's got a 70% chance of succeeding. Hitters have a 30% chance of succeeding, assuming a 300 average, which we shouldn't really assume, but just assume of getting on base. Just own it. That would have been way easier. I understand why the agent had him say I screwed up, trying to somehow make it okay. But in fact, what he could have done the next day is just said, listen, that's the way my arm is conditioned. I told the manager I didn't feel great and I wanted to come out of the game. He couldn't do it that way because he'd be lying. He didn't say that to the manager. In fact, he acknowledged that he just thought it. How convenient to think that you're not ready to go or don't want to keep going when you give up a run. What if he had gone one, two, three, gotten out of the inning, not given up any runs? You think George Kirby after the game would have said, man, I didn't want to be out there. 90 pitches was enough. Hell no. He wouldn't have said a damn word. I'm going to sign off now because I want this show to end by 846, which was the time the first tower was hit. And take a minute after this show, whenever you're listening to this, and if you're watching live, just take a minute. Just take a minute of grace, of thankfulness, of appreciation. We'll be back tomorrow. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.